We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. DFS MLB Podcast Wednesday Edition. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm joined once again by John McKechnie, and we're coming at you on September the 20th. John, the end of the schedule is in sight. With the season winding down, fewer teams have anything to play for with most of the races decided. The AL East is up for grabs with uh, two teams we don't like, and very few teams in both wildcard races are still involved. So my question to you off the top is, do you lean on a contending club uh, with something left to play for when you play DFS this late in the season, or do you look elsewhere? Yeah, the, the, the end times or the end game as far as uh, the DFS season for baseball has definitely been interesting because, you know, teams are more um, apt to just sort of empty their benches uh, at different points or, you know, get their young guys uh, some at-bats. So you do bring up a good point in, in that using competitive teams uh, probably locks you into more of a, of a, of a floor of seeing uh, your you know the player that you choose uh their their normal uh amount of plate appearances whereas you know other teams you know maybe after the sixth inning they're going to pull uh there's their kind of veteran first baseman to to get the young guy uh some some more reps there so it is kind of interesting it, it's you know a lot of um kind of you gotta you gotta plan accordingly because you know you really might see uh guys that you invest heavily and in, only see you know at at best three at bats you see that folks that's why this guy's giving you great value all year long as my sidekick typically strong answer john thank you for that one i think i'm gonna sh- keep that in the back of my mind when i do a dfs Appreciate play the rest of the season we got one more show so let's go out with a bang uh in the next two weeks buddy uh let's go through the matchups with a quick preview of the projected starters on uh, tonight's slate of games john take us through the first half 
All right, starting us off tonight, we got Alex Wood and the Dodgers, 15 and three record, two six nine ERA. Dodgers heavily favored on the road, minus two oh five. Where they were heavily favored uh, the other night, and Kershaw uh, ended up losing that one. So, yeah. uh, Phillies, Phillies are, are scrapping right now, and that's an eight and a half over under there, going against Jake Thompson and the Phillies, two and two mark, four four six ERA. Uh, then Brewers versus uh, Pittsburgh, a uh, bit of a, a no name pitching uh, matchup here. Aaron Wilkerson of the Brewers, uh, only one. One inning pitch to his name <clears throat> going against Stephen Brault and the Pirates. One and no mark four seven eight ERA. That's a seven oh five start. Then we're going to have uh, the Royals with Jake Junis seven and two mark four one five ERA going to Detroit to face Brett Anderson and the Blue Jays three two seven ERA for him. Blue Jays minus one twenty five home favorites and the over under sitting at nine and a half. Then the Chris Sale and the Red Sox. Uh, finishing things off in Baltimore, uh, 16 and seven mark for him, 286 ERA. Red Sox minus 175 favorites on the road, eight and five or eight and a half is your over under there going against Wade Miley, uh, who carries a 5.32 ERA into Wednesday's start. This is 708 first pitch. Then we have the Cubs with John Lester, 11 and seven mark, 4.3 ERA. Uh, going against the the Rays in Blake Snell, three and six mark, four two five ERA. The Cubs minus one sixteen favorites there with a over under at a flat eight. And then the Cardinals with Luke Weaver minus one forty favorites are the Cardinals uh, going up to Cincinnati to face Rookie Davis, one and two mark, seven seven one for Rookie Davis. Luke Weaver on the other side of that uh, has a very impressive ERA. So Paul, what what do we got in the later window of the slate well, here? Before I go there, I'm just going to mention that I'm going to be at that Royals uh, Jays tilt tonight, and I know that you guys in Baltimore don't like Jose Bautista but it's going to be my last chance to see him live and so I'm kind of looking forward oh, okay. to that with a bit of a nostalgic eye tonight he's been great sure. for this club for the last 10 years so it'll be my time my time to say goodbye to him I don't know that there's any chance he'll be back next year so it's a bit of a nostalgic feel for me uh, as I head out to the, to the ballpark tonight I'll, I'll say that so a tip of the cap from this corner to uh, a guy that I've favored and you probably haven't over the last 10 years but I mean you, you know as much as uh, he's, he's rip the Orioles hard out I, I definitely respect the way he's played and you know how how good he's been over those over this last decade so uh despite the antics I, I do I do respect him as a player and I you know as a Blue Jays fan in your in your eyes you know I can see where it's gonna kind of stink to see him go yeah well I appreciate that John coming from the uh, other side of the equation in the rest of the slate the Nationals throw Gio Gonzalez at 14 and 7 mark 268 ERA their favorite of minus 140 and a 9.5 on the uh, over under for the runs against Atlanta and Lucas Sims, who's two and five with a 5.52 mark, a 7.35 as that start time. I'm going to be picking on this game, but you might be surprised which side I'm going for based on what I know and what I'll share. The White Sox throw uh, James Shields four and six, a 5.43 ERA at Houston, and Brad Peacock, who's 11 and two. 298 is the ERA, a huge money line favorite uh, at home. The Astros are minus 300. The over-under set at 9.5 for that 8-10 start. The Diamondbacks visit San Diego where Rick, uh, Robbie Ray uh, is 14-5, 274 the ERA. The visitors are a minus 120 favorite. The over-under set at a low 7.5. Denelson LeMay, who's been featured on this, our pods for the last few weeks, he's just fallen in line in this rotation, so we talk about him every week. He's 7-7 seven seven with a 4-15 ERA and 9-10 is that start time. The Indians face uh, throw Josh Tomlin, who's nine and nine with a, a high 504 ERA. They're a narrow favorite of 105, and the over/under set at 
eight and a half against the Angels. Ricky Nolasco, uh, tough tough year for the veterans. Six and fourteen, five eleven the ERA, ten oh eight's that start time. And finally, the Rangers and Andrew Kashner, nine and ten is the record. Three forty the ERA. They're in Seattle against King Felix, five and four, four four nineteen the ERA. Uh, he's a home favorite uh, mm-hmm. along with his mates. Minus one sixty the over under set at nine for that ten ten start. All right, John, let's get into it. Beginning with a look at the top the, the top options and the starting pitchers. Uh, in the FanDuel board where I see Chris Sale and Robbie Ray as the perceived cream of the crop options price-wise on the FanDuel board. Your thoughts on them and others below them down to $9,100. Yeah, these guys are are clearly the the standouts. There's no no other pitcher option uh, priced above $10,000. So, you you know, it's interesting to see Robbie Ray only $200 uh, less uh, than Chris Sale, but when you look into it a little bit, Chris Sale's been kind of, you know, pedestrian by his uh, standards over his last of three outings, you know, allowing seven runs over 16 innings. Uh, the strikeouts are always going to be there. 23 strikeouts in his last 16 innings. So there, there is that 11, six is a lot to pay though. Um, and he just, he really hasn't been this quite the same level of dominance that he was in the first half, uh, in the second half really. So, um, Robbie Ray, I think I has a better matchup here going against the Padres and he's been arguably the most dominant pitcher in baseball over the last month, five and O record one, three, nine ERA. 0.7 whip 15.3 is his k per nine i mean those are just astounding numbers that's i mean that's kind of what chris sale was doing in the first half there so ray coming from the left side going against the padres um very interesting there and also has a 1.3 era away from chase field and obviously tonight uh he'll be going against or going in petco park he is he does have a relatively tough matchup going against lemay um on the other side of that and the the diamondbacks bats haven't been as hot of late but i still think that uh ray is probably the better choice if you're going way way up the board uh luke weaver kind of interesting tonight but it is in cincinnati so that that kind of makes him a gpp only uh in my mind and then uh john lester versus the rays also kind of worth some consideration uh but a lot of those rays bats have uh, quite a history against uh john lester so that is something to consider before you plug him into your lineup yeah and that's one thing that made me shy away from him john in this group uh below the top two guys i like alex wood of the dodgers he has a high win probability in my view in the matchup against the phillies despite their recent play for ninety one hundred dollars he's coming off two ordinary starts but then he was back in the groove last time out with uh, something you more expect of a guy with his lofty record and stats so i expect him to go deep and build on that nice outing uh and rack up a nice K total against what I think is an overmatched Phillies club. If we look at the next tier from 8,900 down to 7,100, I have to say that I really like Peacock here for 8,900 against the lowly White Sox. It seems like I've been picking on this team, but hey, it's been paying off, John, so I'm going to keep doing it. And uh, they're backed by a much stronger offense, obviously. Uh, Peacock has an excellent strikeout rate of almost 11.5 for every nine innings he's pitched all season. I'll take that for this price. My second favorite here is King Felix, who has lowered his hits per nine innings pitch back to career norms over his last seven outings. He's been very dominant at home in his career and this year too as well. So I'll take him in a favorable matchup over the struggling Andrew Kashner every time. And I'm going to be uh, pounding on Kashner with some of my other comments later in the show. What do you think in this range, John? 
Uh, definitely like the peacock call. I think that, that, you know, the matchup sets up well and, uh, his, you know, his strikeout rate has been, uh, really impressive throughout the, throughout the entire course of the season. My only concern with him as always is, you know, whether he goes, uh, deep enough into the game to get you that quality start bonus. But I think when, when we're, when we're talking about a team like the white Sox, I think that, uh, you know, it sets up pretty well for him. Uh, I think LeMay on the other side as a GPP option, but you know, opposite Ray again, Ray, been so dominant but LeMay 24 innings pitched 1.8 ERA 1.25 whip uh, 10.5 is his K per nine over his last four starts so that's a those are pretty solid marks across the board I, I think that uh, this Diamondbacks team um, you know like we were talking about at the top of the show they might be inclined to sort of uh, you know not have all their best players play all nine innings tonight honestly because it, that things are pretty uh, well in hand for them as far as a playoff spot is concerned so you know sneakily i think lemay might be uh, a gpp consideration finally the rest of the pitchers below seven thousand dollars are there any viable options for you down there john uh yeah there is actually and it is you're going to be seeing him pitch tonight actually uh jake junior is uh, a very consistent pitcher uh nothing very flashy he's not going particularly deep into games but he's got two five seven era over his last five and uh, you know pretty solid eight and eight and a half uh k per nine which is pretty solid when you consider that you know he's generally uh kind of sitting in the low 90s with his fastball as a right-handed pitcher so uh, again not a flashy pick but he's been doing it with deception he's been doing it well um so i think that that potentially going against a Blue Jays uh, team that, um, you know, is sort of playing for pride at this point. I think that Junis uh, might actually be a decent option, and it really allows you to, to load up on bats that are going against bad pitchers tonight. So 6,700 uh, for a guy that's been really consistent over the last month. I do like that call. Well, I'm going across the diamond in that same game, John. I'm going to take a look at the Jays starting pitcher in this one, and that's Brett Anderson for $6,500. This guy has been... Uh, producing pretty decent starts each of his four appearances he's allowed three run earned runs or less he didn't allow a walk to anybody in the first three starts for the jays but did surrender four free passes last time i think that was anomaly an anomaly for this guy and i look for him to get back on the beam and he'll tie up the lefty bats in the royals lineup enough that he might uh, just squeak through and and qualify for the win probability that i see is in his favor this evening before we get on to the position players, uh, let's ter- take a nod to FanDuel again, John, uh, where fantasy football fans, the wait is over. Football is back, which means FanDuel is back. And uh, at FanDuel, we have football for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every week, no busted seasons, and something for everyone. Pri- uh, starting prices for the contests are just a dollar. You can choose your team. There's uh, opportunity to watch the score in real time there's lots of contests to choose from as well uh you know john we've got two weeks under our belts now and i thought i was going to cash in our staff real uh, free roll i'm kind of steamed at you because you were the, <laughs> the guy that knocked me out right at the end of it that wasn't isn't that nice. the worst <laughs> like the, the worst is when you when you're all checked in you have a good <laughs> solid point total but that freaking sunday night game and someone else is loaded up on it and <laughs> there we were i had ty montgomery and julio jones and it it just got me into the cash there so i wish it wasn't you that i bumped out but i was pretty happy to come away with with the prize there you know what? I have to say, it wasn't all lost for me. I had the biggest points total this week to, uh, in our Rotowire staff uh, Vegas League to even my record there. And in the fantasy sports show that was held in Toronto a couple of weeks ago, I also uh, drafted a team there against some really high-profile people in the industry. And I'm proud to say I'm 2-0 and oh so far, John, one of only go. three teams at the top of the ladder there. And there's big bragging rights and a WWE-style belt that's on the line 
line here. So I really have my eyes on that. Boy, I'll be strutting around Vegas wearing that thing next year, I hope. But uh, moving forward, I think that we are starting to get a read on teams and players. Is this uh, when you start to become more active on the waiver wire, John, or do you wait a bit longer? Um, you can't you can't uh, wait. It, the football is too short a season with, with too few of games to to be patient. Like if you're still hand, hanging on to like a Danny Woodhead, get rid of him. If you're still you know holding out hope that David Johnson only misses twelve games, I you know I don't know what to tell you, but you have dead weight on your roster. Yeah. You know it's important to be active. It's it's also important to not over. If you play in a league that's not uh, based solely on waiver claims, but the 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 fab budget, mm-hmm. um, it's it's important to not go overboard. You know, like last week, a lot of people went, dove in feet first for Tarek Cohen, uh, and the Bears were shut out, obviously, by Tampa Bay. So, you know, things like that, just, yeah. you know, bid responsibly. Uh, let the other guy overbid uh, and overreact to things. But, uh, you know, you know, trust trust what you see on tape and what you're seeing from the box scores and, you know, everything that you're looking at uh, statistically uh, and make it make an informed judgment because, you know, uh, you could be that guy that, that burned a third of his fab budget on a backup running back. Absolutely agree with everything you said there, particularly hanging on to that FAAB budget. I love to do that and get the advantage over the rest of the leagues that I play in as often as possible in the latter part of the year when some other names uh, maybe fall to injury and then the re- replacements are guys that they have to count on for the remaining games. So, I love to have that edge at that time of the season and a key point that we both are on. Uh, Friends, there's over two and a half million players who've won cash just like me and John playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. And of course, these contests are void where prohibited. Okay, let's get into our position-by-position picks, starting with the catchers, where we see another narrow skew from top to bottom, just as we did last week. There's 10 picks at 3,000 or above, John, breaking them down for uh, our listeners. I like Kurt Suzuki at $3,200, near the top of this list, actually. His OBP is at uh, 346 on the year, and he's on a recent hot streak with 11 hits in his last 33 at-bats, and he's one of a number of Braves hitters who have a very good history against Nat starter Gio Gonzalez. I'll be hitting on that theme throughout the show. Sal Perez has higher is higher in the order than most of his peers at the catcher position and tonight he gets the platoon advantage against lefty brett anderson he also has three multi-hit games in his last six starts so he's another one who merits some consideration in this range uh, but that and that's where i'm looking at one of these two guys potentially john what say you uh, definitely like both of those picks. I think, you know, uh, get targeting some bats in that Atlanta game, uh, especially where, where that ballpark has proven time and again to be uh, definitely uh, favorable towards the hitters. Um, that That's certainly something to think about, especially when you consider uh, that Suzuki does have a good history against Geo, especially. Um, I like a couple of $3,100 options here, uh, like Mike Zanino um, of Seattle. Uh, 357, 449, 643 is his slash line over the last 30 days. Uh, gets to go against Kashner uh, ranks only second behind my other pick at catcher uh, Robinson Chirinos in terms of weighted on base um, among qualified catchers over the last month so both of those guys I think uh, draw good matchups in a game that should be relatively high scoring um, I think both these guys bring a pop potential or extra base hit potential um, that some of these other guys uh, might not bring the same level of um, so I, I like I like either Chirinos or Zanino when we look at the backstops uh, the 
reigning guys below $3,000. There's two guys that I'm looking at in this range, and it's got to be one of Christian Vasquez of the Red Sox for $2,700 or Toronto's own Rust Martin for $2,400. Vasquez, for his part, has five multi-hit games in his last nine starts and gets the platoon edge against a struggling or- Orioles lefty Wade Miley. I don't want to rub that in. Okay. Uh, it's like it's already bad enough after la- after last night. Gossman goes eight scoreless, and uh, they blow it at home. Oh and now, now it's like we get to, we get to follow it up with just letting the Red Sox score ten runs at least. <laughs> and Russell Martin is finally healthy for the Jays, and I think he has an extra spring in his stride after struggling with injuries for a large chunk of the season. Uh, like Perez, he has a middle of the order spot in the Toronto lineup, and that makes him a solid value play for only twenty four hundred dollars since he's been able to get on base. At a 35% clip a year to date. Not, not too many people are aware of that. The battering average is not where it should be, but he sure walks a ton, and he could be in, the, in for a couple of runs scored in this matchup tonight, I think, if he gets fortunate. Who do you like down here, John? Uh, as far as punt plays go, um, so, some people I think that are interesting are Wilson Ramos at 2,300. Depends if he's in the lineup, but if he is, uh, draws a platoon advantage against uh, John Lester. Uh, he will be at home, uh, so I think that, that there is some upside there, and he's hitting like th- a little bit over 300 over the last week. So uh, you're not like completely, you know, over the moon about about playing playing him uh, this evening, but it, it could certainly be worse if you're going for a $2,300 option at catcher, and then uh, 2,600. Uh, maybe I'm drinking too much of the Milwaukee tap or the Madison tap water here, but uh, Manny Pena at 2,600. Uh, whenever he goes against a lefty, it tends to go pretty well for him, and that's what that's what the case is tonight. Going against Stephen Brault, uh, hits 289 against lefties. Uh, that's really the only time you can you can trust him. Uh, but he doesn't hit for a ton of power against lefties, so that, that's something you got to consider. You, you got to hope that the floor there uh, rests with a couple of you know with a couple of base hits and, and maybe uh, being brought around uh, by some of the other bats in that brew lineup but i think you could certainly do worse uh than pina at 2600 then at first base john uh, the top tier of guys is all the usual suspects uh, give me your breakdown sir well i i wanted to bring you know one thing to to our attention here because you know anytime that we see goldschmidt not among those top five let alone under four thousand you you know it's like is this a trap and <laughs> And you know what? I think it is um, because initially I plugged him into my lineup and then I, I you know, did some digging uh, since he had that bit of his elbow flare up earlier this month. Uh, he's slashing 182, 200, 341. So that, that's not Goldschmidt numbers. That's no. not Goldschmidt production. Um, and again, you know, I was saying earlier, LeMay has been pretty solid. So, you know, th- this is a sneakily tough matchup for the Diamondbacks bats. And, you know, despite the enticing price tag on Goldschmidt, um, I can't quite uh, go for that. Whereas on the other side, um, I do like uh, loading up on an expensive first base option from that uh, St. Louis versus Cincinnati game. Uh, Joey Votto obviously has a tougher matchup going against Luke Weaver. Um, but, I mean, Votto is about as professional of a hitter as there is. Um, very difficult to, to figure out for a pitcher, a uh, guy that always makes solid contact or can work a walk. Um, so at 4,200 at home, do like that. And then Carpenter, you know, his peripherals aren't as enticing, but he does get to go against rookie Davis, which I think kind of uh, helps helps you know bring up his floor and his ceiling a, a fair bit so at 4100 you don't love paying that for matt carpenter but i could see where it could make some sense uh tonight given the matchup and the location of the game john uh, edwin Encarnacion is still my pick from the top tier the guy's been hitting homers at a better clip than any other first baseman since uh, middle of may and he's in the middle of pretty great offense i hear uh, in cleveland 
Uh, Freddie <laughs> yeah, Freeman, they're not bad. Freddie Freeman, for his part, has also been a guy who's carried a hot bat. And I'm not fearful of the lefty-on-lefty matchup with Gio tonight because uh, Freeman's tuned him with 13 hits and 16 ribbies and 42 at-bats in their head-to-head matchups, an OPS just below one. So I don't mind either one of those two first basemen. And so going big at first base is, is an option for me tonight. Then we have quality guys uh, sitting there below 3,500, and I'm still kind of irked by the snubbing of Justin Smoke, who looks pretty attractive at $3,200 for a guy who's fifth among all first basemen in OPS a year to date. And another guy, Ryan Zimmerman, priced at $3,100 despite collecting 14 hits in his last 10 games. Looks like an art, another bargain uh, uh, guy in the bottom tier. He's got great numbers on the whole season, but he's really raking right now, John. What about uh, your thoughts uh, on the second uh, on this group? And then uh, we'll talk second baseman in a minute. Yeah, I, I do like that that Zimmerman call especially, and he's a guy that I haven't used a ton of in DFS uh, this year after his like initial kind of bubble burst uh, after his ridiculous month of April. Um, but he's he is OPSing close to a, a thousand over the last month, so right. that you know he's not just getting on base, but he's actually you know doing some damage, and that that's what you look for in DFS. You want those extra base hits. Um, so I think that Zimmerman is providing those at a clip that's uh, you know something that is certainly worth considering, especially in this matchup and again uh in a game that i think there will be uh some runs scored but if you re- if you kind of need to punt um josh bell at 2500 or or yonder alonzo uh neither neither guy overly exciting right now um i do like it when josh bell um gets to face a right-handed pitcher because it, you know i think his swing from the left side of the plate uh is really impressive and you know he's got 24 home runs on the season so the the pop is certainly there um and he's going against an inexperienced guy that like we said earlier has one major league inning uh to his to his credit here so i think that bell uh is a fine punt play this evening all right, at second base, let's look at the top tier down to 3500 partner, where we see Whit, Fe- Whit Merrifield among the bid boys. Uh, that $4,100 price tag applies here, though, because he's got 18 hits in his last 52 at-bats with seven extra base knocks over the last two weeks, and he gets the platoon edge over the Jays starter, Brett Anderson. So that's the explanation that I see for that price tag justifying it but i'm more interested in talking about robbie cano a little bit lower down the list he's been on fire over the past month with a slash line that looks like this 315 367 441 facing cashner that's a big green light for me tonight uh, john what are your thoughts um, definitely like those calls. Anytime that we, we can get some Robbie Cano, I'm totally in for that. Um, I think that moving down the board, both of the uh, White Sox choices, you know, if, you, if you're going away from Brad Peacock, um, I think that, the, you know, this is a GPP type of play. Um, either Elmer Sanchez, who, who's uh, been actually extremely uh, good over the last month or so, uh, his 379 weighted on base is seventh among qualified catchers uh, over that span. And then you look at a guy like Yohan Moncada for a little bit cheaper um opsing well over a thousand over the last week it seems like you know he's starting to live up to to that billing as like a you know a generational uh type prospect so uh things are starting to click for him so either of those white Sox options uh sneakily are, are both pretty interesting tonight and then you know if we drop down a little bit lower in this range i'm gonna look at thirty four hundred dollars on down where I see Brandon Phillips for $3,300. He's a guy who's been a consistent hitter all season long, John, but he's on a real hot streak with seven hits in his last 20 at-bats. He's been a nice fit into the Angels lineup tonight. He gets Josh Tomlin, who is maybe the weakest of the Indians pitcher, sporting an ERA north of five. Scooter Jeanette's on another power streak, and you know what? I have to laugh when I mention his name because some of my baseball pals laughed at me when I touted him last season. No one's laughing anymore. He's also got that platoon advantage against the card starter Luke Weaver tonight. Your thoughts here? 
Um, yeah, I mean, Sco- Scooter's been the man that, uh, this year. It's just, uh, you know, 3200 That That's a pretty reasonable price tag as well. Um, and then, you know, Scope is, is getting the, the price bump downward, you know, sort of like the anti-Cores uh, bump here because he's going against sales. So he's just 3000 Um So that, that's of some interest to me, but not, not a ton. It's really kind of hard to go against uh, Chris Sale. One thing I did want to bring up uh, for the listeners is Daniel Murphy was scratched last night. I don't know if he's going to be back in the lineup, but that, that has to at least give you a little bit of reason for pause uh, before you plug him into your lineup because uh, I know uh, you and I both are in on that Atlanta-Washington game but and Murphy generally would be a big centerpiece of that but uh, you got to be at least a little bit concerned uh, heading in tonight, into tonight but we'll see w- what lineup lock uh, looks like a little bit later this evening. John, let's look over at the third base where we see the usual suspects again, about $3,500. I have to I have to mention Josh Donaldson. He's looking really healthy and is racking up homers at a record pace of late with a pair of two homer games among a recent barrage in the past week to reach the 30 mark despite only 454 plate appearances on the season. He's also 13 for 28 in this past week uh, on fire like, like nobody's business. But my preferred choice in this top range is Kyle Seeger for $3,600 because he's a centerpiece of a possible stack against Kashner, who's been harmed not only by Seager, but several other Mariners batters in head-to-head play. I also like the fact that Seager has clubbed six homers over the past two weeks, so the power stroke is there as well. Over to you, John. Um, let's see. I think, you know, Machado, he, he has certainly cooled down a fair bit over the last few weeks. He was, you know, red hot coming out of the gate, you know, after the all-star break up through pretty much the beginning of September, it is a tough matchup against Chris sale, but the 3,500 price tag kind of makes that easier to tolerate in my opinion. And then you, you look at things and, uh, you know, it's not, I'm not like a huge BVP guy, but, uh, you know, over, over, you know, a certain sample, I think it's something to worth or that's worth considering. And Machado's hitting well over 300 against sale and in, in uh, 15 at bats. So not a huge sample, but certainly one that, you know, makes you consider things a little bit. And then, uh, on the other side of that, uh, Raphael Devers, um, 3,300, uh, going against Wade Miley. And if, if the fact that Devers being a le- you know, a left-handed bat, uh, going against left-handed pitcher scares you off. It really shouldn't because if you look at if you look at his splits, he's actually kind of a re- reverse split guy where only 233 against righties, but a f- ridiculous 442 uh, against left-handed pitchers with a 1.174 OPS. So that that's pretty significant. If you want to get some, some Boston stack rolling, uh, Devers has to be a part of it at, at just 3300 with those kind of numbers going against uh, Wade Miley. John, just to underscore a comment on Sale and uh, Machado in that match up sales had a bit of an issue with the long ball over his last seven starts and uh, Manny has been known to hit the odd home run so I like that call very very much as it might seem like a contrarian play to some of our listeners until you start doing the digging that we do for you uh, who do you like below the $3,500 mark? I lean in this group toward Bregman as a productive bat in an Astros lineup and facing an underwhelming James Shields for $3,300. And one of your faves, Jake Lamb, for $3,000, though you've been down on him in the last couple of weeks. He gets the platoon edge over uh, San Diego starter LeMay, who also has a bit of a high home rate of late. That's not a good thing against the Desert Dogs lineup, is it? No, it certainly is not. But um, at the same time, uh, again, Jake Lamb, uh, the, the, these struggles have, uh, the, you know, his his struggles coupled with Goldschmidt's kind of cost me in, in one of my season long leagues. Cause I had both of them. So I'm a little bitter. But, uh, you know, and, and but I mean, listen, uh, over the last month, uh, his OPS is under 500. That That's just, you know. Uh, you you detach the yourself from the name and you look at the numbers and you know that's someone that you can't 
justify putting in your DFS lineup. I'm, I'm sorry. Like he's, just, he's been so great for most of the season, but, uh, things have really, really slowed down to, you know, to an almost unplayable point, uh, for Jake lamb here. So at least for daily purposes, um, I, I understand some, some of your points here and, you know, 3000 for, for a hitter of his talent, uh, may, maybe he gets things turned around, but I I'm just, I'm probably off of using, uh, lamb and Goldschmidt, maybe the rest of the season. Somebody sounds fed up to me. Oh yeah. <laughs> I get it though. Uh, now let's look at the shortstop position, John, where we see a number of premium guys over the $3,500 mark i continue to hammer at cashner today with uh, m's shortstop and leadoff hitter gene segura one of the best table setters in all of baseball when he's healthy and he certainly is right now highlighting a power i'll highlight his power streak in a week where he's also recorded three multi-hit games so getting the hot stick there at the top of the lineup with maybe an extra at bat over the rest of the field at this position is something i don't mind and uh, i'll throw my partner a bone uh, a baltimore booster like not too many other people i know john uh, by adding that Tim Beckham is another guy that should be considered in this discussion. He's really been an amazing hit machine since joining Euros and has this 20, these 22-round trippers on his resume as well. Sale, I mentioned earlier in defense of your pick on Machado, has had uh, a bit of trouble with the long ball over the last seven starts, and this game is in the friendly confines of Camden Yard's launching pad, so uh, I think you could be laughing a little bit tonight. Uh, you know, potentially, uh, you know, Beckham certainly, um, you know, he started out just at a, at a blistering pace. Uh, it's, it's come back down to earth a little bit, but he's still been extremely solid, um, you know, since joining the O's overall here. So, uh, don't mind that call at all. I thought that shortstop was a little bit, uh, tough to figure out today, honestly. Um, but I, I kind of, leaned back to uh, sort of my tried and true pick uh, for you know since pretty much the summer started uh, Paul DeYoung I, again you know if you, if you want to get part of that Cardinals Cincinnati game uh, just 2900 um, I know that he's he cooled off a bit there for a while um, but he crushed a deep home run uh, last night you know ended up driving in two runs um, hitting around hitting around hitting around two around two but OPS close to 900. So again, going against Ricky Davis, you're betting on the matchup here, and you're betting on uh, the you know the idea of uh, you know getting exposure to Great American Ballpark. Um, so 2900 isn't bad. Um, in that same token, uh, Corey Seager 2900 seems like you know it seems like he's been criminally underpriced uh, you know for a lot of this season. But uh, maybe he'll make a little bit of sense. I would like J.P. Crawford as well generally, but uh, he doesn't have the platoon advantage going against Alex Wood. So I'm probably uh, laying off of jp crawford although uh, there are some other phillies bats you know that are obviously interesting that that uh, that young nucleus that, that philly sort of started to call up here uh it's it i think it's a it's an announcement to the rest of the nl east that the phillies aren't aren't going to be the doormats for much longer yeah I, I i agree with that i like their pitching staff too they got a, young, a lot of young arms that We'll soon get it all together as well. Uh, if, for my picks below the $3,500 range, I favor Marwin Gonzalez of Houston at $3,000 as part of a cheap Astros stack against Shields. He's shown a consistently in, consistency in chalking up extra base hits of late and reaching base at a 35% clip over the last two weeks, so I like that to continue in that favorable matchup. And then Addison Russell is another guy I like in this range for the fact that he's back in the Cubs lineup and flashed his power stroke early in his return to active duty. He gets the platoon edge against Blake Snell and looks like a sneaky contrarian play in a Cubs stack possibility here, John. Let's move over to the outfield now where we see eight premium options at or north of a $4,000 threshold. John, help me make some sense of the names that I don't usually see in this range. I mean, Kevin Kiermaier at $4,000, really? Uh, ben Intendi in a lefty-on-lefty matchup, even if it is Miley? Help me out here, partner. 
Okay, but, well, with Kiermaier, um, I, I think that part of the, part of the uh, appeal here, um, obviously, the the ownership is going to be extremely low because most people just simply aren't going to pay that for for Kevin Kiermaier's bet. Right. But look at who's on the mound: uh, John Lester, a guy that that cannot throw to first to save his life, cannot hold runners on. So if Kiermaier does, you know, you know, if he does get on base, you know, say two three times, you know, he could be swiping bags. You know, the, if I, if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm absolutely running all over John Lester as much as i possibly can anyone with with any semblance of speed kiermeyer certainly has that so i I think that the four thousand price tag here is you know under the under the assumption that you know maybe kiermeyer picks up a couple uh, base hits and a couple stolen bags on top of it that's a big ask i think but we'll see i think so too i think so too ben and tendy i'm not i'm not a sold on even even with the miley matchup um you know he just doesn't hit lefties uh nearly as well and you know you have to pay what a hundred dollars more for reese hoskins uh who who does draw the platoon advantage uh, i think that that's sort of a bit of a no-brainer to me yeah the rest of the guys up there certainly are there on merit so i just wanted to hit the guys that i thought were dubious and we did cover them off uh there's a lot of names to consider in the group between uh, the next tier john and i'll take a table setter like uh, aj pollock here at thirty thirty eight hundred dollars it makes some sense to me atop that b-backs attack he's he had a huge night in san diego last night with a couple a couple of round trippers and i like his chances for another strong night he's on a 10 for 20 streak in the past week and includes seven extra base knocks, So, uh, and there's plenty of backup in this lineup the last time I checked. Josh Reddick is another guy in this group that I like. Seven for 22 with three homers against Shields in their head-to-head uh, history. He's a, a nice uh, part of the st- this Astro stack that I've been talking about against this diminished veteran Shields, and he's been a consistent force for his part over the past month with an OPS just under one in that stretch. John, what are yeah, your thoughts d- in this group? Uh, those are all good calls. I, I, I'm in on all of those. Um, I kind of like, you know, you know, Yasiel Puig has started to come around a little bit, and he, he's going against a right-hander um, that, that's relatively unproven in, in Jake Thompson. So he's 3,400, and I believe the other night, uh, Puig, you know, the, the Dodgers have been kind of shifting their lineup. Their lineup used to be, you know, something you could kind of set your watch to um, as far as how most of it was constructed. Uh, but it's been moving around a little bit uh, here in the end of the season. So I think Puig moved up to the cleanup spot the other night. So if right. he moves up uh, into that area again, uh 3400 is an awesome value against a, a pretty inexperienced pitcher and you know you consider Puig's numbers you know he's a consistent around 280 hitter um and he's even better against right-handers one of those reverse split guys uh 25 of his 26 home runs have actually come off of righties um and he's hit 13 of those uh dingers away from Dodger Stadium so I mean he's pretty even home versus road as far as his power output um so I think that he's uh relatively interesting uh I would like Nick Williams a little bit more if Puig wasn't right there and you know again if Williams had the platoon advantage which he does not as a left-handed bat uh going against Alex Wood and then um I always got to go to bat for my guy Tommy Pham a member of the 2020 club this season he's going to be going high in drafts next year I'm thinking at least a top 50 pick uh batting over 300 and again going against rookie Davis tonight um in Great American Ballpark uh there's a lot to like there for just 3600 so let's see Tommy Pham is probably for you what Scooter Jeanette is to me that's that's a pretty good analogy I think that we can draw based on today's I think that's fair, yeah. Uh, John, next, uh, you know, I want to include in this discussion Mitch Hanniger uh, to close out my Seattle Seattle stack. $3,300 gets to this relatively heralded player who has been on a real good power and hitting surge over the last two weeks, and I think that's a great piece to to close out my uh, the way my lineup might look. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see what you come up with uh, tonight, John. 
you know, uh, otherwise, um, I think that the, there's cheap outfielders to approach on both sides of that Milwaukee Pittsburgh game. I think, you know, an Adam Frazier on Pittsburgh, or if you want to go uh, McCutcheon or, or Starling Marte down at 3,100. I know he hasn't, you know, kind of lived up to the billing this year, but uh, it's still something that is potentially worth considering. Um, and then, you know, if you go way down the board, um, I, I do have Keon Broxton in my lineup right now. And, you know, it, again, it's it's going to be uh, because he's going against Stephen Brault, a lefty. Uh, Brault, I think, in the end, will, will be a piece of that Pirates rotation. But um, I think Broxton against a lefty uh, with his with his speed, his ability to, to run things out. Um, I think that, you know, at 2200, um, he's what uh, my friend and I, Joe Pizapia, the guy I do the Friday shows with, call call a bit of a responsible punt. So uh, I'll, I'll throw him down there if if. Uh, you're completely pinched against the cap and really need someone near minimum salary you could do a lot worse than keon broxton very good john uh, what oh, and your, my boy austin hayes what austin is, hayes too what does your preferred line dfs lineup look like at the end of the day all right let's let's uh, pull this up here all right so i got i have jake junis as my pitcher so that again just kind of loading up on bats uh, right now, um, Sal Perez is my catcher. Joey Votto is my first baseman. Jose Altuve is my second baseman. Although I'm considering pivoting off of him for for someone that's uh, a, a little bit doing a little bit better of late. But then again, Altuve does get to go against James Shields, so it, it might be hard to move off of him. Uh, now that I think about it, um, Machado, uh, Manny Machado at 3,500 again, getting the price break going against Sale, but the good history against Sale, uh, you know, and the low ownership percentage kind of drove me to go the Machado route. Out here uh shortstop i do have Corey seager but i think i'm going to move that to uh paul DeYoung, same price so n- no real change to my lineup there um and then uh mike trout and you know going top of the board as far as uh my outfield goes and then tommy fam and keon broxton are, are my other uh two outfielders so that that's kind of how i line things up you know really kind of loading up on the offensive side here and just hoping and praying that jake junis uh gives gives me a quality start here well that's the benefit of benefit of picking a guy who doesn't cost so much on the mound you can really load up and that's a great example of what you've drawn up with your lineup so i'm hoping that junis does fall flat on his face though tonight i'll be honest <laughs> fair enough fair enough <laughs> brad my lineup will begin with brad peacock uh, for houston against the white Sox. i look at the high win probability here for a guy who ha- has one of the high strikeout rates in the, in the league in terms of strikeouts per nine innings if he can put together uh, a solid game score i think i'm on my way in this one for eighty nine hundred dollars i'll take that chance and i don't think there's a lot of risk involved uh, at the catcher position i like the way russell martin has come back to the blue jays lineup uh, he looks like he's having a lot of fun out there despite the fact his club's playing out the string and this guy's not used to missing the playoffs twenty four hundred dollars gets his bat in the lineup he's going to be in there in the heart of the order this evening uh, at first base, I got Ryan Zimmerman, who won the coin flip over Justin Smoke for me. Uh, the Nats have a good matchup against Atlanta, and uh, he comes in at $3,100 for all the offensive numbers that he's got on, on his resume. I think the hot streak is guiding me toward him at this cheap value. Uh, at second base, I got Brendan Phillips, a guy who's really been hitting up a storm of late. $3,300 the price tag there. Uh, Kyle Seeger for for Seattle against Texas. Texas, I talked about him earlier, $3,600 there for that consistent bat. Then the shortstop, I made the case for Marwin Gonzalez, uh, priced pretty cheaply at $3,000 despite what he's been doing of late and that favorable matchup for Houston as well. Then in my outfield, I've got uh, three hot sticks, uh, A.J. Pollock, Josh Reddick, and Mitch Hanniger, I think, is going to be the dark horse that makes my team tonight. I I will go out and say, John, that's my picks and your picks. Let's see what the Rotowire lineup optimizer has in store for tonight's games. 
Uh, Optimizer does uh, advise going up the board at pitcher, going Chris Sale. And, you know, here's a pretty good example of how you can build your lineup if you go the Chris Sale route. There's still some pretty solid options here. Uh, Russell Martin at catcher. I know that you're you're in on him as well. Yonder Alonso, kind of a punt play uh, at at first base at 2,600, but does get to go against Andrew Kashner. Yeah. Daniel Murphy, second baseman. So, again, we, we said earlier, you know, you're going to have to check to make sure that he is in that Washington lineup uh, before you lock him in because he was scratched uh, on Tuesday night. Jake Lamb at third base at the hot corner, 3000 3, uh, just betting on the value there, paying off. Um, shortstop Corey Seager uh, at 2900 I, I do agree that Seager is a very fine play uh, at short uh, this evening. And then uh, George Springer is, is your first outfielder at 3700 Starling Marte uh, is your second outfielder at 3100 again getting some exposure to that pittsburgh uh versus milwaukee game and then you know rounding that out is sort of where i got my keon broxton idea 2200 if you need to punt uh there's worse things you can do than than using uh 2200 on broxton there well the optimizer certainly looks like it was uh made to order today we we covered off all the names without even trying in in this show so good job by both of us i'll say before we (laughs) close it out john i want to ask you we're seeing more inexperienced starters in late season play there's one matchup to night that favors that pits one against another we often recommend stacks against them with opposing batters is there a time when you might favor one of these inexperienced starters as your preferred go-to guy um, I think it's it's one of those situations where you certainly have to look at, at prospect pedigree here. I mean, right. you know, if this if this is a guy that that's cheap but you know has theoretically a favorable matchup, um, you know, you know, like a Jake Thompson, he's a guy that that is a future piece of that Phillies uh, rotation. But but at the same time, he's going against the Dodgers, so you got to kind of parse out how you feel about the Dodgers. You know, are are they the team that's, uh, you know, that was the first hundred games of the season, or, or that that team that really has hit the skids over the last month or so? Um, so you really kind of have to parse those things out, and you know, it's something that you and I also saw earlier in the season, where where guys that made the twenty-five man roster for the first time are getting their first exposure to big league hitters, and by the same token, uh, these hitters are are seeing these pitchers for the first time, and they're not necessarily picking it up very well. I mean, we saw like a, a guy like an Amir Garrett of Cincinnati earlier this season throwing a couple shutdown outings uh, just because uh, hitters had yet to adjust to them. So that, you know, it, it's a bit playing with fire using these guys, um, especially against contending teams or, or teams with loaded lineups. Um, but I think that there is something to be said for, for, you know, the element of surprise there. So pick and choose wisely, uh, you know, make sure to look at the prospect profile, you know, again, like a guy like Steven Brault, he's a future piece of that pirates rotation. Um, he, he does have a little bit more major league experience and some of these other guys taking the hill tonight um so he's he's of a little bit of interest as well very good john that's a fine way to end it so i won't even add a word that was well covered off so there you have it i have one last question for you okay go go all right wild guess what is kevin gossman's era in the second half oh my god you gotta tell me and i'm gonna laugh two two six wow that's crazy. How about that? That's How crazy. about that? He had to get in a, boss, a Baltimore plug, and I, I, I yep. owe you that one. I got to give you the floor for a while. For we one were ripping time. on him last week, and I, I was jumping in on it too. So <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there. Good, good on you, Kevin Gossman. Very nice. So there you have it for John McKechnie, who's a great follow at Johnny McKex. I'm Paul Bruno, who you can follow at Statsman22, and wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks. Come back to listen to our pods on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com